Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladele. Mary Magdalene, you will find in the scriptures, the word said seven demons were what? Were cast out of her life. Other scriptures, uh, people allude to other scriptures in pointing to the fact that Mary Magdalene was actually a prostitute. But she was the first to be there at the grave of Jesus. Having believed on the resurrection of the Lord, she was the, she was the first true believer. A demo, well, maybe demonia could be too strong. But seven demons were cast out of her life. She believed the word of the Lord enough. She didn't look upon her past as being one who had been possessed by demons or whether she was a prostitute. She held on to the word of God and she was there. What about Peter? I told you already about Peter. That man who was so quick-tempered, very flippant of mouth and ready to talk and so on. When once the master had corrected him, as you saw in John chapter 21, when the word was going to go out, it was there in Acts chapter 2. This is what has been said, dash, dash, dash. And he saw one of the largest evangelical outreach that, that ever happened in their time. It's not about your past. It's not about your failure. It's not about what you have been. In Christ, he gives you a future. A new future. A new future that he himself wrote. A future that you will never be part of until you step in and say, Lord, I give myself to you. And when you do that, there is a future that he has written concerning you. A future that he has written that only he can perfect. It's not about your past. I am an example of that. If the Lord were to, was, was to look at the things that I had done as a young man, as a young man, things that are unprintable, I, wouldn't, I don't merit been anywhere near the word of God. That's why I can say to you with confidence, it's not about your past. When he cleans you up, it changes the future concerning you. It's up to you to find out exactly what it is he has written. What about Jacob? Jacob was a usurper, huh? a deceiver. And when he turned unto God, he turned him into a prince with God. What about Zacchaeus? He was an embezzler like all the politicians that you see around us. Yet it wasn't about his past. When the master chose to go into his house, said this day, salvation is come to your house. What your excuses are, I don't know what it is your excuses are. I am young, I am old. I am this, I am that. I've given you examples from the word of God of God's plan that he has written concerning you. It's up to you to seek him, to ask him. This is what it is all about because if you don't follow the pattern of the eternal God, you risk losing everything that God has reserved for you. What about Paul? What about Paul? What about Paul? Paul was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. And I believe, as I indicated in the scripts, that hopefully someday will, will come out on, 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 on the board excuses. 
I believe that that thing that was always, Satan was always showing as a red card to Paul, this is Afolabi's opinion now. Each time he said, you, did you not organize the killing of Stephen? That, I believe, was a thorn in his flesh. Other people have different ideas. But I know that I kept on and I still say it. Young people, don't give Satan a chance to give you what? A red card. It will always be a struggle. But thanks be to God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, it is not about your past. That's why Paul, when he was writing to the Philippians, forgetting those things which are past, I do what? I press forward. I press forward. I want you to drop your excuses today. That's why I'm giving all these examples that I'm giving you. The challenge for all of us tonight or this morning is whether we are going to accept what has been spoken concerning us in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Unto good works, which God has what? He had before. Before. He had written those things concerning you. He had written those things concerning me. That I should run according to that, those things. I should pursue those things. Which God has before ordained that I should do what? What am I supposed to walk in? The things that he had before ordained. That's why I talk about the plan. And every righteous ambition is to pursue what? To pursue the plan. Every righteous ambition is to pursue the plan. If you don't know the plan, this is the day of reflection for you. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them, not in anything else. It's what he had ordained before. And when I get to the heart of the revelation of the Lord's Prayer, you will be able to connect those points that make many of us to derail. How will I cater for this? How will I cater for that? How will I cater for that? How will I cater for that? Those are the things that sway us that sway us, that sway us into not following God's plan. But he said, give us today our daily bread. Absolute dependence upon God is a necessity. But hear me, my beloved. There is, uh, there is this site, God Reports. It's, um, it's, the, it's the SIM.org in, uh, out of Australia. That is just, they, they, they call themselves the Global, global Outreach. Global, global, global church outreach, they call themselves. They scan the whole world to see what God is doing in different places. It was from there that this story that I've seen, but it's still good because it teaches three things, three things, three things that are crucial in this matter of following divinely ordained pattern. It's about this woman. Um, do me, a, do me a favor. 
I wanted to read it gently. I want everybody to hear. There are three things that come out of this that are crucial to this exhortation that I believe God wants you to hear today. Key of the kingdom. A West African woman stood up at an annual church meeting in March. The woman testified that she had stood in the same meeting last year to ask for prayer for her husband's salvation. He often beat her for following Christ. However, this time she stood to give an update. A few months earlier, the woman testified she had told him she wanted to attend a week-long church meeting. Her husband was livid. A whole week? Who would cook his food, clean his house? She should focus on the majority religion of the region and forget church. He beat us severally again. Nearly all Christian women converts in this region are illiterate. Many make these meetings a priority to ask Bible questions because they cannot read or obtain the Bible on their own. This Christian woman was determined to go to the church meeting regardless of her husband's violence. Still enraged, he locked up the house as soon as she left, declaring to the neighbors that his wife would never enter his home again. To make his point, he threw the key into the river as he headed to his girlfriend's house for the week. The woman enjoyed the Christian conference and returned home on Friday. Stopping by the local market, she planned to have a hearty meal ready for her husband when he came home from Friday prayers. She had no idea that her husband had already locked her out of her home for good. Arriving home, she was puzzled that the house was locked up tight. She needed to start preparing the meal, so she borrowed a pot from her neighbor and began to clean the fish. When she cut open the fish, a key fell out of its belly. Puzzled, she examined it and remarked to her neighbor that the key looked similar to her own house key. Her neighbor urged her to try it in the lock, and it worked. She opened up the house, cleaned it, and got her husband's supper ready to wait for him. As the husband walked home from Friday prayers at the mosque, he saw his house open and a fire going in the outdoor kitchen. Again, he was enraged, thinking the neighbors had helped his wife break the door or the locks. But on examination, nothing had been harmed. When he demanded to know how she got back into their house, she told him the strange story of the key in the fish's belly. Stunned, he didn't say another word. Until Saturday night, he asked his wife if he could attend church the next morning. After Sunday morning church service, the man asked to speak to the pastor privately. He recounted the incredulous story about his house key and said, I want to serve the God of the Christians. He is the one who knows and has power to do what no one else can. That Christian woman beamed as she talked. God had answered many prayers for her husband to repent and follow Christ. In his gospel, Matthew tells us of a fish caught with a coin in its mouth for taxes 
Matthew 17, 27. Thank you. The only reason that I brought this to you is at the heart of asking God and expecting answers. This was an illiterate woman, unread, unschooled, but who had the word and persuaded by the word held unto it in the face of persecution, physical harm, being beaten black and blue repeatedly for the faith that she held on to. Where is the persistence in the hearts of the people here who don't have or don't know the plan and the call of God upon their lives? Where is the persistence in your heart in asking God, if you don't tell me I'm ready to die? I shared this book with one or two people Compiled by Gordon Lindsay, they saw it happen. Anyone in whose heart the eagle is staring the net, you need to get a copy of that. It's not very common. But it speaks of the hour in which we are. When the whole world is sleeping, this is the time to be awake and be who, what God says you are. In prayers, I quoted to you from Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. Something that I coined from one of the brothers, I, be, I think it was Chris Oyaki Lume that I had that from. I believe so. But something that I had continuously, 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 particularly after the ministration in Ecolobia, when certain words were spoken concerning the changes that God was calling for in my life, he had made us what? Kings. Kings had always bowed. They are always afraid. They are always troubled. What do kings do? Kings reign and they speak like servants. They speak like kings. Kings speak like kings. The word of the king is what? And if God says, I have been made king and priest to him, the day you know the plan that God has written concerning your life, from that day, begin to speak like kings and pray like what? And pray like priests. The woman was an example of persistence. In the face of all the issues, the beatings, and all the things that the husband was doing to her. But she was persuaded of one thing. God's plan is to have this man saved. And until I see that happen, there ain't no backing off. There ain't no backing off. God had to bring back the same miracle that he did in the day that Jesus needed to answer to the princes of this world concerning tax. Those miracles are still happening now for those who will speak like kings and those who will pray like priests.
Thanks for listening. Join us again next time on another episode of Voice of Restoration. If you want further information on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.